Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Crypto Hipster Podcast. This is your host, Jamil Hassan, the Crypto Hipster, where I bring you entrepreneurs, founders, executives, artists, musicians, you name it, in the world, across the world, in crypto and blockchain. And um, I have been bringing you podcasts for the past two years almost, and it's been amazing. And um, I'm not going to lie, I got an amazing guest again uh today his name is barry mezzi he is the founder of quan 2.0 um barry welcome hi how are you jamil i am great i'm looking forward to this interview and um so uh yeah so let's kick things off um okay first question is this is uh what is your background and is it a logical background for what you're doing now so I um I grew up with autism, uh, bipolar disorder, Tourette syndrome, significant learning disabilities, math and science. Um, I have a great team around me because where I where I have learning disabilities on the mathematics side, I have people that are wonderful people around me on the accounting side, the mathematics side that help me out and assist me with things that I need help with. Um, but my background uh, that I grew up with is sports and entertainment, believe it or not. It's not um, anything to do with crypto or math or anything like that. Um, I was a um, an athlete in high school, and I um, and I went to college at New York Institute of Technology and University of Miami, earning dual advanced diplomas, um, which are the majors only without the core courses, and. Then I went on to earn an athlete management diploma from Sports Manager Worldwide. Started my career in 2006 as a sports marketing agent after graduating from their athlete management course. Recruited my first two uh, clients at the University of Miami, Zach and Paige Raley, who Zach went on to win the Olympic silver in 2008 in China um, in the sport of sailing. And in 2007, I started I joined this community that was very hesitant. It was called MySpace. And um, um, let me just fill in something real quick. I was on Facebook since 2004. I was the second student at the University of Miami to be on Facebook starting in 2004. I had my account deleted twice, unfortunately, but I'm no longer on Facebook. But um, but um, starting in 2007 i started using myspace facebook as ways of mediums to recruit clients um in the um sports and entertainment sector to um for signing them for um representation because i couldn't travel to the various different tennis tournaments and sports events and i was a startup agency and I didn't have the financing. So I figured what better way than reach out to athletes that are already established pros and um, that are um, going and are turning pro that are um, in tennis and other sports that, um, and mixed martial arts and other, and various other sports um, to, um, to represent them. And in 2008, I met Tim Hardaway, NBA superstar Tim Hardaway, senior that is, not junior. It's, um, um, after his 2007 gay bashing comments on the Dan Lebertard show on ESPN Radio, and I was completely oblivious to these comments. Um, so, um, and it's kind of ironic because I was in sports at the time and I was completely oblivious to them. But 
I, I met him at a restaurant, signed him two weeks later. And um, of course he knew my last name because my father was a longtime doctor for the Miami Heat. And I um, was instrumental in turning around his post career at that time after his unflattering comments about gay people by, by forming his foundation for him here in South Florida. And what, what that led to indirectly um, what a lot of people tell me is that that indirectly led to his Jersey retirement, his job with the Miami Heat as head of community relations and head of player scouting. And that then that led to the fact that he was instrumental in putting together the big three with Alonzo Mourning, Pat Riley, Nick Harrison, Mickey's son, who's also uh, a, an acquaintance of mine. And um, so what happens is um, – you know, it's amazing how a chain reaction reaction can get set off by um, by a sequence of events. By this one one simple event can set off a sequence of events. You know, and that's that's where my career really started. And then in 2014, I got wrongfully discriminated against against my autism spectrum disorder by the ATP World Tour and WTA tours. And I kind of got put on a do not credential list and a misunderstanding due to my autism spectrum disorder. And so I, um, I've been done with the sports sector since 2014. I entered into entertainment and I founded my own Roku channel in 2021. And I said to myself, why not have a, um, and at that time we had founded a charity, the Barrymore Foundation for Autism, to give jobs to people with autism mental health issues and and around uh, films and documentaries and stuff like that. So I figured I needed a way to finance this stuff. So I said, why not create a crypto token? So we created the first Quant token in December of 2021. That token got fished, unfortunately, but we all learned from our mistakes. I was brand new to crypto and I did something I shouldn't have. And we updated our security protocols and now we have Quant 2.0. And believe it or not, we're actually outperforming Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, according to Coin Codex as of last night. So that's very exciting news. Yeah, that's awesome. That's not hard to outperform Bitcoin right now. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. You know, um, but yeah, this is hopefully doing in the long run. Um, you know, I gotta ask you about the I gotta ask you about the 2007 MySpace because you know you're the first your first uh, guest I've had on my show who has who was in that you know space back in 2007 and there was a lot of stuff going on in that you know uh, space then and there's a lot of stuff that's been going on recently. In crypto now, how did the what was that space like then in 2007, and what how does it compare to now in crypto? So 2007, I don't even think crypto was around. Bitcoin started MySpace. in 2008. Oh, yeah, MySpace. MySpace was around. Yeah. Yeah, 2007. So MySpace was just a social media site where you could network and and meet people and stuff like that and your friends. And it was a cool place to show pictures and meet people and stuff like that and network and um, listen to music and all sorts of stuff. It uh, eventually became a music site when Facebook became dominant force. 
uh, MySpace went under and eventually became a music site. Um, like I said, um, not much about MySpace anymore. <laughs> but um, I have a feeling Facebook is becoming obsolete as well um, starting now. I mean, it's like, and hopefully Twitter doesn't go under because I kind of I kind of wish they would because it's something that I was that happened to me in 2017 with them, but um, but I won't get into that. But I had my my account wrongfully banned by them for free speech violations, and I wound up suing them, and I lost a lawsuit due to Section 230 of the CDA. It gives those companies immunity. So, but um, now that Elon owns it, I'm a big Elon fan, and I'm hoping they don't go under. So, and I'm hoping he restores my old account. So, that would be nice. Yeah. Um, interesting. And that was so, a personal account, by the way. So, I don't know, so where I, I have 70.8,000 followers. I had 70.8,000 followers. How did you get them? So, in 2015, I became a, um, I did a reality show called Big B, which is a show about autism. It's like autism meets Howard Stern meets um, Ari, a broke Ari Gold from Entourage. And it's really entertaining and hysterical. And it's autistic humor. And it's, um, it's kind of raunchy and over the top. So I don't want to get too much into it. But it, um, Amazon loved it. They immediately signed me through Amazon Prime. And that's one of the reasons why I had the problems with the ATP and WTA, I feel, is because one of their tournaments didn't like the trailer for my show because it was very raunchy and over the top. But there's no excuse for that because the owner of WMEIMG, Ari Emanuel, who Ari Gold's character is portrayed after, is, is raunchy and over the top in the industry. Everybody knows him as that. So, so he's very over the top in the sports entertainment industry. So I, don't, I didn't see what the big deal was, just they didn't like the content I was producing. So I kind of feel... They viewed me as a rival and a threat to their existence because I had so many big names by that time in tennis that were working with me that were icons. So I had focused on the icons mainly rather than the current players on tour. And I, and I figured that was a better way to make money. Unfortunately, I got taken advantage of by a penny stock scam in 2013 I won't go into it because there's civil litigation pending, but um, and the UCC lien. But um, the guy took complete advantage of my autism spectrum disorder and vulnerabilities due to my autism and used me to run a pump and dump scam. So yeah, I I, I could see it's that. tough being I, autistic sometimes. I'm a little bit too. So yes, I agree. Um, now, I want to find out about Quan one before we get into Quan two point zero, and I want to get into yes. that quickly. I want to find out what lesson you said that you learned during Quan one point zero that will serve you now <laughs> today to build a better product and program. So, believe it or not, 
nobody had educated me not to type in my seed phrase anywhere, even for, on a website for liquidity. And <clears throat> I was I was referred to this website to get liquidity in $20 million in liquidity for my Quan One token. And I entered my seed phrase into the website and immediately the guy drained my MetaMask wallet and um, and and took all my Binance token and all my Quan One. And so that's, yeah, that's like the biggest mistake you can make, you know? That's the biggest mistake you can make. And and since then I've learned not to ever do that ever again, you know. No matter where you are, you never enter your seed phrase to anyone, never show it to anyone, never do anything like that, you know? So that was that was the big mistake on my end. I did it. Luckily, I did luckily, luckily we didn't have a lot of purchasers at that time. We only had about five or six. So I did and, something. And they didn't purchase a whole lot. Yeah. I did something similar in 2017. It was only five hundred dollars. But I watched it go right into MetaMask and right through MetaMask externally, and I never saw it again. So I get it. Yeah. Um, so it's a lesson, though. I think you know everybody learns a lesson. I'm glad we learned it early. Yes. Let's talk about, about Quant 2.0 then. You know. Um, yeah. So. And what makes it unique? So Quant 2.0 is the world's first mental health and autism-based charity and advocacy token. It's formed under my Florida nonprofit small charitable organization, the Barry Mezzi Foundation for Autism Incorporated, um, as um, as um, as an affiliate. Um, the token produces, finances, and um, um, and pays our content creators in our in our token to make content and give people a job opportunity with autism and or mental health disorders to create their own um, TV show or their own docu-series or their own documentary for um, for uh, residual income for life off the advertising on top of which they, they get 70% of the advertising, the foundation gets 30%, and then through the Roku channel, and then they also get um, they also get paid in cut in tokens as a content creator and a certain amount of tokens to be able to um, uh, live a comfortable life and, and and cover the expenses for their for their show or their content. So we're we're doing a wonderful thing. We also are focused on providing housing, meals, as well as counseling services and a bunch of other advocacy services we're coming up with. We're also, I'd hate to bring this up at this point due to FTX, but we, we, we were focused on, on trying to get athletes involved in sports sponsorships that are in handicapped sports, but we're not doing that at this point because of the whole FTX scandal. I'm staying away from anything to do with any athletes right now. You know, even though I have a solid reputation and, 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 and I have a great reputation in, in, in that arena, it's like, you know, and we and, and and by the way, our token has to abide by strict uh, regulations as a charity, so you don't have to worry about any sort of like um, scamming or rug pulling with us. It's like we're 100% transparent. Everything comes out in our annual filings and our in our revenues, our earnings, 
our our expenses, everything is filed with the IRS and with the state of Florida. So th there's full transparency with us. It's not like because we're a nonprofit charitable organization, we have to be fully transparent. Otherwise, we lose our charity. So you know, there's no hokey pokey with us. And 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 this is my baby. It's something that I deeply care about. I've invested over thirty thousand dollars worth of my own personal money into this token to be able to get it off the ground and the charity get it off the ground roughly. So thirty thousand dollars roughly selling high-end sports cards and memorabilia I have in my collection through my family trust that I um that I sold to be able to finance this thing to follow in my mother's footsteps who actually created a program for me when I was nine or 10 years old at the JCC before George H.W. Bush signed the American Disabilities Act into, uh, uh, Disabilities Act into effect. So basically this was 1990, we founded one of the very, one of the very first um, programs of its kind for people with special needs in, in the United States. Um, uh, cause there weren't, there were hardly, hardly any programs around. Um, George H.W. Bush signed the American Disabilities Act into effect in 1992. And, um, and we and my mother founded this program in 1990 for me as somebody with special needs. And, um, it was, it's called the Shirley and Chester's Paul Special Needs Program at the Alper JCC in Miami. It's named after my grandparents in honor of them as being the core backers for years. And, um, but that's, this is where I came up with the whole idea to follow in my mother's footsteps to help people with special needs. Cause my mother has a very kind heart for helping people. And, you know, she's a little bit fed up with me being 42 years old and, you know, and, 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 and and still trying to cut it, but I've finally accomplished something that's beat out Bitcoin and Ethereum right now, as of right now, as, as, as overtaking the market. So um, I wouldn't say overtaking the market, but, you know, as, as beating them out in terms of, um, you know, according to Coin Codex um, with everything. So um, I'm really excited about what we've going on. We're a utility token. We're not a security. We're not a um, a stable coin because um, we operate within our own, our own ecosystem, and you know that's that's what we're doing, we're providing services and advocacy as well as job opportunities for those and with autism and mental health issues. So I'm very excited. Awesome. You know, um, yeah, my wife. I'm 52. My wife's like, when are you when are you when are you gonna get everything rolling together? I'm like, it takes a while to build. You know? Yeah, it um, does. It, it, it so, took me uh, nearly, uh, what is it, uh, almost 17, since, well, since 1999, so since I graduated high school, so we're talking 23 years, almost 24 years going on. <laughs> I've been doing yep. stuff, but but everything I've done has been successful uh, on a level, maybe not always financially, but everything I've done has been successful. I mean, this is the question I, I, I this is the question I was gonna I'm asking the audience at Web three summits, which I'm speaking at next week. 
but I want to ask you this question to see if you know this. Because these people were not rich. They wore rags on their back. And even though it's, it's, it revolves around religion, who were the three most successful people in history of mankind? Can you take a guess? What, the history of mankind? In the history um, of mankind, the three most successful people and does not revolve around money. It revolves around charity and morals and goodwill. Okay. Noah. And faith. Noah, Moses, and um, Socrates. Moses, Jesus Christ, and the Prophet Muhammad. Okay. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. I was close with Moses. Yeah. <laughs> They're the three most um, successful people in, in all of the history of mankind. And they were not rich. They it's it because they're successful because they left a legacy behind that made a difference in the world. Let's talk about that. So your platform huge follow token. Let's talk about your platform and your token and a legacy, right? Um, yeah. how how what's the legacy you want to leave to help people with autism, mental health, and special needs? You know, what what contribution do you want to make outside of money? And how how did have you built that to work with your platform? I just want to be remembered as a guy that transformed um, special needs advocacy as a nice, humble guy that cared about people and that was well loved for everything he's done for the special needs community and um, and that um, that um, um, that just was normal person. That was just a regular guy that I don't want to be no I don't want to be viewed as anything special. I want to be remember I want to be remembered like Jesus. Even though I'm Jewish, I want to be remembered like Jesus as a guy who 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 I, I could wear rags in the back for the rest of my life, walk the earth and and be the happiest guy in the world knowing I made a contribution that helped change the world of autism and mental health. That's how nice and humble I am. I I I I, 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 I'm not about greed. I'm not about any of that stuff. I, 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 I feel, I feel that people that make millions of dollars or billions of dollars are quite miserable. I've seen it firsthand because, um, you know, your average salary worker that makes seventy thousand dollars a year is your happiest person in the world. Um, they say according to certain statistics, um, but it doesn't hurt to have, you know, a nice comfortable life, but to live in comfort compared to living extravagant is something that's completely different. And, and I just want to live a comfortable life and be remembered for somebody that helped a lot of people. I love that. Um, so. You're going to help a lot of people with this documentary. People are going to see something, right? What are they going to see? Yeah, so so, so we we want to give uh, everybody we can opportunities with documentaries, TV series, stuff like that, um, by raising money using Quant 2.0 token. Um, the symbol is Quant 2. That's spelled K-W-A-N number two afterwards. It's all one word. Um, and basically, um, you know, um, right now we're trading internationally on Tokpai, 
which is overseas out of, out of uh, Hong Kong. But we, we, the charity hasn't seen any money yet from that because we just got listed on one exchange. We're waiting to get listed, hopefully. Well, we're waiting to get listed on many more exchanges. Not hopefully, we will get listed on many more exchanges in the United States. The big ones we're looking at right now, like Kraken, Binance US, and, uh, and Coinbase we're looking at. And with those centralized exchanges, you know, the way those exchanges work is they pay a percentage of money back into the, the token that, that where with centralized exchanges like that, where, where they sell tokens. So we're supposed to get a certain amount of money back is the way I understand it from stuff like that. So from centralized exchanges, if I'm correct, if not, we'll just, we'll just sell, um, uh, tokens in our reserves to finance things, you know, that we need to do. Um, but um, the way I understand it, centralized exchanges, they pay the token itself a certain amount back. So I'm brand new to this whole crypto thing, just so you know. So so I'm not completely 100% well-versed in everything. I have a team guiding me on everything that I'm doing. So, and a wonderful team behind me. So that's a remarkable thing. Uh, I'll just give a shout out to two of my team members, Niall Henson, who is big into NFTs and crypto right now. He's a tech pioneer. He pioneered cable television in the 1970s as the, as the CEO of the Cube Experiment, which was the first two inter interactive two-way cable TV system in the world out of Columbus, Ohio. And he was uh, prominent in founding and co-founding networks such as MTV, Country Music Television, he was the, he was a CEO of. He uh, was instrumental in, in uh, pay-per-view, uh, movie channel for external manager Nickelodeon, and now he's um, taking his um, his knowledge of technology and entertainment and creating his own crypto token, the pay content creator around his platform, his new platform, Technotainment, which is launching hopefully in the next few years. So that's something he's doing where he's merged technologies of NFTs and cryptocurrency with entertainment as well. So, and then, um, but he he's not around charity based with that. He's around making money with that. That's the difference. So it's like, so, but, but, you know, but um, with us, we're we're all about helping people. So, and um, so, and I can't take a salary as a board member in in anything because it's a charity. So the only way I can make any money on this is taking tokens as a content creator through my content that I do through the charity as well. So that's the only way I can make money on this is taking tokens as a content creator. And you know to fund my stuff as well. So, so I'm one of the people that the foundation is also employing, but at the same time for content. But we're all volunteers on the board. If you catch my drift, I catch a drift. I understand. Um, I want to go back to something you said earlier. Because um, I, I have a, I have a, I'm not going to name names, but you said that you're not right now. You're not. Because of this whole FTX thing, you're not catering to sports celebrities. Now, I have a what if question for you, and it's what if this. What if these sports celebrities are just a scapegoat 
and the real responsibility lies somewhere else. And I'm not going to say whether someone else is, but they know who they are. Um, yes. You know wh what if the, what if they were just scapegoats, and that it was okay to be able to to. to well, I I in in all honesty, I believe those sports celebrities are all scapegoats <clears throat> because I. I, I know Naomi, Naomi Osaka's agent, Stuart Dugard. I'm connected with him on LinkedIn. I've met him at tournaments in the past when he used to work for me. And, you know, and I don't know Tom Brady's agent or any, or any of those guys or Steph Curry, but I will say that I know Naomi Osaka's agent and, 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 I, and I witnessed Naomi Osaka coming up as a junior at the Orange Bowl. And I can tell you that none of these sports stars would risk their entire fortunes or their lives if they knew anything was going on fishy with that company. I can tell you that as somebody that's that 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 was a reputable tennis agent and sports marketing agent for many years, you know, these sports stars would not risk anything if if they knew something fishy was going on. I feel they are scapegoats in a lawsuit for people that are trying to recover money. And, um, you know, that's the bottom line. You know, that's what I feel. We're together on that. Um, yeah. So um, I want to shift gears then. I mean, I even, let, me, let, let me just say this. Even if the sports stars were offered equity, unless they knowingly knew what was going on inside the company, which I guarantee you they did not, Almost, I can almost guarantee you they knew nothing about the inside dealings of FTX that because they would keep that internally very close since it was, you know, a lot of major crooked stuff going on um, inside that um, that these people were completely oblivious to what was going on, even though they were offered equity and, you know, and uh, tokens and all this stuff and and. Uh, and and uh, and payment sponsorship dollars. So, to me, the sports stars are scapegoats in this case. Yeah, the SEC know everything though. Um, so let me let me, uh, and I'm not going to ask you to comment on that. Um, so let me uh, change gears. Your your website right says um, that you wish to bridge the gap between cryptocurrency markets and everyday consumers. However. You know, some are, some people say that special needs and autistic people are not considered everyday consumers. How would you challenge that assumption? So basically, the special needs community um, is um, is something that the everyday consumer um, uh, looks into. I mean, there are so many special needs charities out there that everyday consumers contribute to that, you know, that we're bridging the gap, you know? So it's like, so there are other charities out there, like, I don't want to say names, but there are other charities out there that revolve around special needs. Um, I, I'll say some names, Autism Speaks, Autism Society of America, Els Foundation for Els for Autism, Ernie Els's Foundation for Autism, Demarino Foundation for Autism. There's there's many, you know. So, but none of them have their own cryptocurrency, 
that um, that the utility token that's that, that's providing a means to be able to create an opportunity for those with autism and mental health issues. So, I mean, I I just met last year. I think it was a crypto world con. I met a girl who's representing a new cryptocurrency around around uh, sober.com, and it's called Sobercoin, and it's a mental health token around being sober. And to give them a shout out, that's regarding Sobercoin. So um, I know nothing about them other than the fact that I've given their their uh, doctor who founded them some guidance on some things that, that, that I've learned. Um, but, you know, they're, they're, you know, we're bridging the gap using cryptocurrency as a means because traditionally these, these, um, these charities would only accept um, payment in terms of fiat, you know, to be able to um, accept charitable contributions in the past. We accept um, USDT, Binance token, we accept Bitcoin, we accept any sort of charitable contributions that we can get in crypto as well. So it's like, so so it's a um, Ethereum, you know, um, we prefer USDT to Tether because it's the most stable. And it also backs our um, uh, token with liquidity and, um, and, um, and and uh trading so um for for everything so for liquidity and for um for everything around our token you know for pairings so so we're um we're optimistic and we we'd really we're really excited about the future with the with the with this crypto token and and, and our foundation so does that answer your question yeah yeah, it does. And it leads me to my next question. And I just wanted to find out how your IEO, your in initial exchange offering is going to work. So we already did it. We did it through Tokpi. And um, instead of actually doing an IEO, we actually just went live as a token. So we just went live as a token and people started buying it and trading it. And we're already in uh, Forbes Digital Assets, I think. Yeah, we're in Forbes Digital Assets. We're in all. We're in a lot of major pub, uh, crypto uh, places already. Um, we're in Nomics. We're in Coin Codex. We're on Coin Paprika. We're a bunch of places. We're on Live Token Watch. I think it's called. We're in a lot of places already that you can see our token daily. Where our exchange lists us and Coin Gecko under them. So. Um, we're we're in a lot of places already that people can view um, about our token and about and about the, and about the predictions. I, I will say this: predictions are not accurate by these sites always 100% of the time. So I don't control the market. The you know I will just say that I don't control the market. What controls the market is the buyers and sellers of the token right now to token buy. So and the trading volume. So. So, but we're doing fairly well. I mean, we're fluctuating between $22,000 and $29,000 in trading volume daily. So, so, and that's, that's just starters. So, 
and we're and we're and we're, and we're anywhere between a dollar ninety eight to two dollars and three cents a token fluctuating. So our all time high was two dollars and three cents, and that was like a few weeks. That was like a few weeks ago. So maybe two weeks ago. So we're fluctuating between a dollar ninety nine to like two dollars and one cent right now, roughly daily, basically fluctuating. So you know, um, people that are trading our token on TokPi are making money on us, but I'm waiting for to sell our tokens through TokPi so you know we can start financing things for the Baramid's Foundation for Autism. So, but TokPi wants to sell a bunch of their tokens first, I think, before they'll allow us to be able to sell peer to peer hours. So, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, thank thank you for thank you for that. Um, so yeah, I want I want to thank you. I am thanking you very much for your time today. I enjoyed speaking. Welcome. To, uh, it's, yeah, it's no problem. It's been a great conversation. I have one final question. Yes. Um, how can people find out more information about Quanti Point about you? Um, how can they join your community? How can they join? You know, how can they get involved? How can they how can they be part of your you know world here so they can um go to quan it's spelled k-w-a-n exchange.com and they can send a question through the website and we'll respond um or an email through the website and we'll respond um um if you're a member of the media we'd love to have you interview us um um right now we're trying to get in a bunch of publications including Twin Telegraph at, at Web3 Summits, um, which is the big boys, and um, and a bunch of other uh, podcasts and platforms as well. Um, they can find us on Twitter at Quan, it's K-W-A-N, the number two, token. It's all one word, at Quan2 token. And... Um, and they can add me on LinkedIn at at my name Barry B A R R Y last name Mezzy M E Z E Y. They can add me on LinkedIn. So if you want to add me on LinkedIn or if you want to talk to me, you can follow me or add me. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk to anyone that has any questions and that um that would like to know anything more. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time today. Thank you, Jamil. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a wonderful day. Okay. Ciao.